You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Monday? I mentioned it to you before. Uh, just a little programming note. I leave for family vacation on Friday. I go to this family YMCA camp since I've been eight years old this week. And I'll pretty much disappear for a week. It's happened every year you've listened to me. Just a warning. So I'm going to try to cram in five different podcasts before I leave. There probably won't be any. There won't be any that week I'm gone. However, I am sneaking over to St. Vincent's for Steeler Camp one day. I might take my stuff with me and do like a Twitter Thursday or recap a day or two of camp. And I mentioned Steelers Camp on Sunday. I move in for good. So... I'll be pretty much living out of St. Vincent's for the month after that. So that's my schedule. Just wanted to let you guys know as we enter the week. And we're kicking off the week with a great guest, very topical, uh, David Drogemeyer from Locked On Chargers. David's been on before. We had a good chat then, but now there's much to discuss. How are you, man? I am doing very well. And yeah, normally this is a dead period for us, so we're always yeah. you know scratching and clawing for content, but... Uh, Melvin Gordon and his contract situation has given us uh, a nice little gift, if you will. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, let's talk to the Chargers guys. There's not one, no one else to really you know, drum up this kind of conversation. And it kind of – I, I want to get your thoughts first. I got a couple questions laid out for you. First of all, let's start this conversation with give me your thumbnail of who Melvin Gordon is as a player right now. That's a really good question. I mean, yeah. so, I, 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 you know, as far as the type of player that he is or, or the contract he's looking for, or what do you mean? No, not even the contract. Like, his value to the team, where he is in his career, how much you trust him from a health perspective. He certainly seems to be a, an improving receiver year after year. Where would you rank him in terms of the top banks and backs in the league, give or take? Um, those types gotcha. of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just tell me what you think of the guy. Yeah, no, hey, Melvin Gordon, the player, he's, uh, I think if you look at his stats, obviously his rookie year, he, you know, he had a tough start. He didn't score any touchdowns and, uh, you know, he, the yards were nice, but I mean, you know, in this league, you got to score. And if you don't score, then, you know, you know there's going to be a major problem there, but he's bounced back nicely. And, the, you know, he's scored 38 touchdowns in the last three years. And, so he has definitely become a very productive back. But the best thing about Melvin Gordon is that he's improved his game every single year that he's been in the league. I agree. He's gotten a, a, he's gotten to be a better runner. He's gotten to be a more physical runner. He's protected the football better. He's been a better receiver. So Melvin Gordon, the football player, the running back, he's a catalyst for the Chargers offense. I feel like when he's in there and he's rolling, uh, the Chargers offense is at its best. Uh, now, I, I believe Melvin Gordon's a top 10 running back in the league. I mean, some are, some could argue that he's a top five running back in the league. And, you know, right now, you know, he wants to get paid as a top five running back in the league. And, you know, in this situation, you know, with the fifth year option, you know, him sitting out, he thinks he has a lot of leverage. But uh, honestly, you know, he really doesn't. He doesn't. I Let's not delve right into that. I didn't want to get that far along, but I really feel like the more I've thought about this and preparing for this podcast, Melvin Gordon's in a bind. I mean, he's had a lot of carries. He's getting to that stage where the collective bargaining agreement's not real favorable for running backs because now he's approaching where the decline usually happens. The Chargers certainly could 
run him into the ground this year, franchise him again, send him on his way. And it reminds me a lot of the Lev Bell situation, but Gordon doesn't have quite as much leverage in that Bell used to say, for better or worse, hey, I'm your number two receiver and I'm your number one running back, pay me accordingly. And that was his stance and, you know, he didn't get it. But Gordon obviously is instrumental, but he's in a bind. I mean, the Chargers hold the cards here. Yeah, and the reason why the Chargers hold the cards is because Melvin Gordon can sit out till Week 10, but if he doesn't play after Week 10, guess what? His fifth-year option just continues on to next year. So (laughs) he can't exactly really go anywhere. I mean, he can demand a trade, but guess what? The Chargers don't have to trade him. They don't have to do anything if they don't want to. So Melvin Gordon say he saying he's going to sit out and miss, you know, spring or training camp and and games. I mean, that the only one losing money is himself. Right, right, and prime years. And I know Bell did it. Is that going to be the trend going forward for these running backs? I don't think that's a smart move. Maybe it pays off for Bell. I bet it doesn't. Um. In the meantime, my take on him as a player is he is one of the true franchise backs, bell cow backs, use whatever terms you want. Um, Wisconsin didn't throw him the ball a lot, and I was critical of him as a receiver early in his career, but I think he's improved upon that. I think he's a better runner year after year. I really do think he's in his prime. Yeah, he is. He's definitely in his prime. And the thing is, you know, we talked to Fernando Ramirez, who's a, you know, a insider for NBC in San Diego who goes to a lot of the practices, a lot of the games, and he's in the clubhouse in the in the locker room with these guys. Okay. And he says that you know Melvin Gordon's a really team guy, team friendly, loves his team, always trying to keep things live, keep things upbeat in, in the locker room and says that he's not that he doesn't believe that Melvin Gordon's the type of guy that wants to sit out games, but Melvin Gordon said uh, I think it was at SportsCon in Dallas that you know, hey, I'm prepared to do what I have to do to to get paid like I feel like I should get paid. And, you know, we're obviously having a great debate about this on Lockdown Chargers. But, you know, a couple of guys, you know, uh, John says, hey, we don't want the trouble. Let's trade him. Uh, Let's try to get an offensive lineman for him or try to get a pick out of him. Uh, Daniel says, you know, I want to pay him, but I don't want to pay him 15 mil a year type money. And I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I mean, I think I'd like to keep Melvin Gordon on the Chargers, but, you know, not for 14, 15 a year. I think my sweet spot is probably 10 to 13 max, and I really don't want to go anything over that. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting debate of what the, and not just him, and Bell comes to mind, and the, the Brown or the Rams did this early with Gurley. Was that the smart move? You know, now you're seeing knee problems with him, and they're, they're on the hook for a lot. I want to talk about that in a minute. You know, what's the best move? and how you think this will play out. I also want to talk about Austin Eckler a little bit because I do think he's a pretty good backup, That so you could live with him. But, hey, the Chargers are in this Rivers window, which, again, reminds me of the Steelers with Roethlisberger. Hey, is it, is it, do you overpay now and to win later? I mean, I think there's a lot of angles to discuss. So I want to take a quick break and talk about all those things here in a moment. But, guys, first I want to tell you about our friends Blue Chew. I've told you about them a ton. Um, you can now increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. It's not just for people who can't perform. It's bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they will work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, 
They work up to twice as fast as the pills. You can be ready whenever the opportunity arises, which makes a heck of a lot more sense for me. Um, Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person, no awkward person, in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, no awkwardness at all. They're made in the USA, and since you, Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Here's what you do. Only costs you five bucks shipping, guys. This is a steal. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free, only that $5 shipping. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them very much for sponsoring the podcast. All right, David, we are back. So you're the GM, and I'm Melvin Gordon's agent. How would you approach this? I mean, we finished last segment saying that this is a sticky situation. I think we both agree you don't want him to leave. But he doesn't need to be the highest paid running back in the league either. Yeah, no. And I mean, you know, look, uh, jumping back to the last segment when we talked about Todd Gurley. I mean, Todd Gurley had a microfracture knee surgery. And guess what? Melvin Gordon did as well. So yeah, right. there's some par- there's some parallels along there. But, uh, you know, looking at stats, I mean, he wants to get paid like Gurley, but he doesn't have the stats that Gurley has. So, you know, I mean, as a GM, I would definitely come at it from that situation to try to, you know, you know, try to tell Melvin Gordon and fit him where his value is, where, you know, other running backs along the same lines of he is are getting paid. Like, you know, Devonta Freeman got, getting eight mil per year. I think Melvin should get a little bit more than that. I think he's a better back than Devonta Freeman is, but that's where I'm saying, you know, Hey Melvin, you know, you've had injury uh, issues. You haven't been able to complete a 16 game season, you know, in the four years that you've been in a league. So, you know, it's either, hey, let's get something done now that, that works well for both of us, or go out this year, prove to me that you can play 16 games and be healthy for the playoffs, and then we'll, let's give you the big payday that you earned after you show me that you can stay healthy. Because, hey, running back is the most physically demanding position in the NFL. They, these guys get beat up, Matt. They take a beating and the shelf life for NFL players is already short. The shelf life for running backs is even shorter because yeah. of that. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Melvin Gordon contract situation is, hey, you want to, you want to get paid now? All right, let's get something that, that'll work for both of us. If not, go out there and prove to me that you can stay healthy and get the big payday that you're actually looking for. All right, hypothetical. He never made a fuss. Everyone's roses and happy and, you know, rainbows and butterflies. Or tomorrow he says, no hard feelings, I'm coming to camp, don't sweat it. Do you think the Chargers, assuming he has a year like he has the past couple, maybe he misses a game or two, but it's still a really good foundation player, do you think they would absolutely franchise him? That's the question. Yeah, it's It's a tough one. It's very interesting because there's a lot of guys that are coming up that the Chargers are going to have to pay after this year. Philip Rivers is going to need a new contract, and then Mm -hmm. they're going to have to start thinking about – Joey Bosa and Desmond King and there's several other key young players that need to get locked up and the fact of the matter Matt is that you know the NFL just does not value running backs like that they feel like that you can get that value and replace it really quickly I mean you know the, the, you're, you're a Pittsburgh guy they uh you they know, did they well right that out and guess what James Conner came right in and they didn't really miss too much of a beat so 
that's kind of the argument against paying Melvin Gordon is, hey, you can get value anywhere. I mean, Alvin Kamara is a third-round pick, and he's one of the best running backs in the league. So you can find replacements everywhere. But the type of running back that Melvin Gordon is, it's hard to get that, you know, a guy that really has a pretty complete game as a running back. So that's why it's really difficult. But if, you know, he came in, no harm, no foul, and, you know, he he balls out, then, you know, that's where he's going to get. I I mean, I think if he does something similar to last year, you know, 10-plus touchdowns, then, yeah, he probably will get paid. And uh, there probably won't be too much complaint from the Chargers about it. Right, right, and he may win. He may win. Help you win a Super Bowl. I mean, then it's all worth it. And maybe it wasn't the best money spent, but you only have Rivers, you know, in a very limited amount at this point, and it's a extremely talented roster. The more I think about it, the more I lean towards call him up and offer him a contract. Now, you know, he might take it, you know, because it's a nice bump. I know he was a first round pick, but he doesn't have gobs and gobs of money in the bank like a Rivers or somebody like that because he's still young on a rookie deal. If you could get him on a three-year deal, tear up what he has now, I, I don't think that's so terrible. And maybe you overspend a little, but it might really pay off in the win column. Well, and I like the fact that you keep on bringing up the window because this is very important. The Chargers have a Super Bowl caliber roster right now. I think right. if you look up and down the roster on both sides of the ball, they have one of the most complete rosters in the NFL, minus the offensive line. That's really the only sure. thing they, they need to continue to work on. But it might be if you the most talented. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the skill positions on both sides, I mean, the, the not only the talent, but the young talent up and down, uh, mixed with a veteran quarterback, you know, you don't get this kind of mixture very often. So I feel like they need to push all their chips into the center of the table. And they need to do everything they can to win a Super Bowl. And I think part of that is giving Melvin Gordon the money that he deserves. Because, yeah, I mean, you can look at it and say, hey, they were 4-0 when he was out. But if you look at the running back production when he was out, it was definitely not the same. And a lot of that was put more on Phillip Rivers' shoulders. And so that's kind of the key indicators I look at. I mean, it's not all about numbers. you can you got to trust your eyes as well. And you can tell that. You know, the, the quality of the running game definitely takes a substantial dip when Melvin Gordon isn't that starter running back for the Chargers. Yeah, and that brings me to Eckler, and I, I think every team in the league would love to have Austin Eckler, and I, I think he's a good player, but I opened the show asking you for your thumbnail on Gordon. What's your thumbnail on Eckler? So Austin Eckler is a great compliment back. And I say that because he's a small guy. He's got good quickness, really good hands. I mean, he could probably start as a slot receiver on most teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. And this is an undrafted free agent. But the, the damage that he's able to do in the in the passing game is, is rather astounding. He uh, made several highlight plays. He's a great runner outside the tackles. He's just not big enough to carry or shoulder that number one running back load. He's just not the type of guy that's going to run in between the tackles and be successful. He's just, his body is, is just not set up to take that type of pounding. So he's a, a great compliment to Melvin Gordon. I think when they're both on the field at the same time, it really makes you guess and wonder what they're going to do because they could literally do anything. But you're right. I think a lot of teams around the NFL would love to have Austin Eckler because of that diverse skill set that he brings. He is a small guy, but he's a dynamo. 
Yeah, again, he's. I would. I think he's has a little more workhorse qualities than say a Duke Johnson or certainly a Theo Riddick or James White. But he does bring that element. Complements Gordon well. If Gordon were to move on, you could bring in a James Conner type, you know, a banger, and he would be a good complement to that guy. So I think he does have a lot of value now and for the the upcoming season or two, even if Gordon's not around. I mean, no question about it. I mean, like I said, he's an undrafted free agent, so he's not making a ton of money, and he's giving you – he's probably way outperforming the the small, you know, league minimum type contracts that he's been earning. So if if Austin Eckler continues to produce the way he's producing, he's going to find himself in line for a decent pay uh, increase here in the next year or two. So, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, the Chargers have a long storied history with uh, bringing in undrafted free agents. I mean, hey, uh, Antonio Gates is a first ballot future Hall of Famer, and he was an undrafted free agent. I mean, Malcolm Floyd, one of the best receivers in Chargers history, undrafted free agent. Seems like the Chargers scouts just have a knack for finding guys like Austin Eckler from Western Colorado State. I mean, just unbelievable uh the type of value that they've found and the production they're getting out of these guys i mean last year austin eckler for most of the season was the number one rated running back on pro football focus what's I mean, really think, wow. think yeah think about wow. that that is incredible when you have melvin gordon and austin eckler who were, were throughout the season top five rated by pro football focus there's a lot of teams that love to have that Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I didn't realize that. Um, Folks, another real quick break here. I tell you this all the time, and it probably might not make sense to you, but it really does us a lot of favors. But when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. And hey, play podcast Locked On Chargers. I mean, it does us a world of good. Uh, We'll be back here in a minute. I want to talk about some of the skill guys in this offense. All right, we are back. And... David, we mentioned that we're, I've mentioned many times, you mentioned it just now, (laughs) certainly concerned about the offensive line. And frankly, if there's anything to be critical of with the Chargers right now, I think you could have done more this offseason with the line. But it is what it is, and I do think they are better run blockers than pass protectors. Do you see it getting much better, though, or do you think it's a liability? Well, it's definitely a liability without question, but they have one guy that can come in and make a difference. So a couple of years ago, the Chargers picked Forrest Lamp uh, out of, from the second round of the NFL draft. And he, you know, according to college uh, and pro football focus ratings, was a phenomenal pass blocker and r- run blocker. And, you know, he's coming off an ACL injury last year. He wasn't really healthy. And when he was healthy, the the Chargers coaching staff didn't want to disrupt the, you know, air quotes chemistry that was going on last year, which I don't I didn't really see much of that because obviously they were still making a lot of mistakes. Uh, But they have a a, a real liability at right tackle and a a bigger one at left guard uh, with Dantini. Dantini, uh, unfortunately, was one of the worst rated guards in the NFL. Uh, and it, it showed. I mean, he just not a great pass blocker. Uh, had a great rookie year, but has has regressed the last couple of seasons. So I think uh, either either way, I mean, whether Forrest Lamp steps in at, and plays left guard 
or if he takes over for Sam Tevy uh, at right tackle, you're going to have an upgrade no matter what. But you upgrade one, you're still going to have a deficiency at the other. I yeah. agree with you. They definitely should have uh, been a lot more productive uh, in the offseason, whether that be you know drafting a guy that can actually contribute right now because they did draft an offensive lineman. But it was in the third round, and it was a guy out of Sioux Falls by the name of Trey Pitkins. That was an odd they, choice, right? For yeah, it was very, very strong. Right, yeah, it's not developmental. Right, I'm, it's like, what, what were you thinking there? I, I would have loved to have kind of been in that, been a fly on the wall in the war room while they were making that selection because this guy doesn't make any impact this year, maybe not even next year. So uh, I, I'm scratching my head on that one, I, and, and we still are. I mean, after the pick and even now, all three of us are – just like what? What were you doing? Because they had an they had an opportunity to fix a deficiency on the offensive line within the draft and free agency, and they just didn't do it. So you got to ask yourself: Are they really comfortable with what they have at the offensive line, or did they just miss an opportunity to make a difference? Right, right. I mean, and again, you have to defer to these teams. They know better than we do, of course. But you know, considering Rivers' age, his basic immobility that to me was priority number one and they addressed it like it was priority number five you know what I mean yeah absolutely and that, that that's why we're scratching our head because you know they made great Im- impacts in other places like for example they greatly updated their linebacker depth they brought in Thomas yeah. Davis they they uh, drafted a couple of linebackers to add more speed and more youth to that position because you know, against the Patriots, they had to roll out six DBs against Tom Brady, uh, who absolutely destroyed zone coverage. And uh, guess what he did? Uh, he destroyed zone coverage. So yeah, right. yeah they, they, <laughs> right. They made they made it they made an impact there, but they did not fix arguably their biggest hole on the roster. Yeah, um, the rest of the offense is pretty much the same. You know, Terrell Williams leaves, Hunter Henry returns. It's a really good group, as we mentioned. It's a great roster. But fantasy uh, pro football focus is putting out a, um, a, a a series doing every team, and I dug up the Chargers, and there's a couple stats I stole from them that I want to read to you and just get your impressions of. Is Mike Williams? Do I like? He scored ten touchdowns on sixty four targets last year. Pretty crazy. That was fifteen point six scoring rate, best in the league, and only Tyler Lockett, who was at thirteen percent. But it was the only other only other one over thirteen percent. If you had at least fifty targets, so they're, the, what they're saying is that's probably not going to keep up. He's not going to score touchdowns at close to sixteen percent of his catches, but he only had sixty four targets. So the argument is Williams isn't here. Does Williams' target numbers double, perhaps? Yeah, and I think that's an absolutely real possibility this yeah. year because Tyrell Williams. Departed, as you mentioned, going to the Raiders, uh, getting his money, which, you know, hey, another guy that was an undrafted free agent that the Chargers turned uh, into a diamond. So good for him. But, yeah, absolutely his care, uh, his uh, his targets are going to jump up. Uh, so those opportunities are going to continue to increase. Now, do I see him scoring a touchdown that often this season? Probably not. But, uh, you know, the beautiful thing about Mike Williams is he turned himself into a great red zone target and also, you know, just a big catch guy. I mean, the the uh, the touchdown late in Kansas City and the two point conversion. I mean, those are big, humongous plays in the game that impact your season. And so if Mike Williams continues to make those, you know, 
hey, this guy's huge. <laughs> Let's he's six four, can jump out of the building, has great strong hands, and and that showed last year as he was able to get in the end zone ten times. Also added a rushing touchdown as well. He's a dynamic young player, and to see uh, his growth uh, from his rookie year to this uh, to last year was phenomenal. And I hope to see another substantial leap with more targets this season. Yeah, and I think we should. I mean, this is a top 10 pick. This is an immense talent that was just part of a crowded group of receivers last year. I don't think anybody blames him for, boy, he's not good enough to get targets or anything like that. Yeah, no, there's just a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, there's a lot of offensive uh, players on, on that team, especially last year. You know, you had you know Keenan Allen, he's going to get his targets. Sure. Tyrell Williams, uh, he's going to get his. You're going to sprinkle a couple to Travis Benjamin just because the speed is tantalizing, even though the production hasn't really matched that. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Gates, you know, he was there last year. He's, he was getting old, but he was still getting open somehow. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, this year you, you're going to throw in a young tight end, you know, who has incredible talent, who is going to get his catches. He's going to get his targets. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, just the Chargers offense. No, that's a good problem to have. A lot of mouth sure. to feed, but a lot of playmakers that, that can make things happen. And I want to mention Henry to wrap up the show, too. I really like his overall game. I think he's an absolute breakout candidate. And I caught this from that for that article on PFF, too, is, and I guess it makes sense with Gates around, Henry's never even been in the top 20 in tight end targets in his career. I mean, not that he's been around long, but, I mean, never has 20 more tight ends have got more targets than him every year he's been in the league. I mean, that's, that's crazy what he could become. Yeah. Well, and I think this year he's going to be the guy Henry is going to be that number one tight end. He's going to get his opportunity to go earn his money because he's coming up on a contract here soon too. So, and he hasn't really been given the opportunity to be the guy to be the number one tight end. Hunter Henry is a tremendous talent. He runs crisp, clean routes. He has phenomenal hands. I mean, I think there's a crazy stat in college. I don't think he ever dropped a pass. Not a single one. about that, yeah. Entire college career, which is absolutely mind-boggling. So that kind of uh, reliability, uh, his, and, and not only is he a great receiver, but he's a phenomenal blocker as well. So – you can't key in on, hey, Henry's in the game. They're automatically going to throw the ball. Uh-uh-uh. Because he's just as good of a blocker as he is a pass catcher. So I think Hunter Henry is primed and ready to break out, and he's going to have the best year of his NFL career this year. Yeah, I think that's very well said, David. And I lied. There's one other thing I wanted to throw out, and I'm not sure everyone realizes this because – they were so successful. I mean, it worked, and the Chargers had a really good year. But we talked about how there's just not a lot, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Well, the Chargers ran just under 60 offensive plays per game last year. And for you that aren't, you know, on top of these numbers, there was only the Titans, Bengals, Cardinals, and Dolphins who ran fewer per game. You know, they played slow. And it wasn't because they were bad. They just chose to do so. My hunch, David, is that has to come back to the mean. I mean, Rivers certainly can play fast. That there probably will be more offensive snaps per game, which means, you know, a, a target here and there more to Henry or Williams or whomever, of course. 
Yeah, well, and I think a lot of that had to do, if you look back at the games they played last year, a lot of the times Philip Rivers was taking the play clock down to three or two or right. one, even one second left, you know, because he likes to sit up, get up there, diagnose the defense and get the, the team in the right play. Uh, and I think a lot of the times that he, he needs to not do that. He needs to trust the play and, and, and get the ball moving because I think that's that really had an effect on the the pace uh, of the game for them. And I think if they brought it up a little more up-tempo and started moving the ball a little bit quicker, that they would have a little more success, a lot like the Rams did last year. I mean, the Rams, when they got into that mode, man, they were just moving. And they would move up and down the field and cut through you like a knife through butter. And so I'd like to see a little bit more of that uh, with the, the Chargers offense this year and not you know, so much of Philip Rivers trying to do everything himself. Trust the coaches a little bit. I mean, you got three head coaches on that Chargers coaching staff, so let them do their job. Yeah, and Rivers is obviously quick-minded and experienced enough to run more, no huddle and hurry up and use tempo a little bit more. And uh, frankly, it just gives your great op- great players more opportunity to make great plays. Um, hey, everyone, the, the Locked on Chargers podcast is great as well. Where else can they find you, man? This was fun. Let's talk again before the season. Yeah, no, absolutely, Matt. I always appreciate you uh, reaching out to us. We love to talk football with you, so uh, every, we definitely appreciate it. Check out our uh, Facebook page, Locked On Chargers. We uh, post our shows there every single day. Uh, of course, you can catch us on Twitter at Locked On LAC. You can find me on Twitter at Deidre619. Uh, and, you know, my co-host is at Dan Talk Sports. That's for Daniel Wade. And John Kegley is biggest charger fn but you want to just type in john kegley it'll be easier to find him <laughs> but cool. uh yeah uh definitely appreciate you having us on and yeah definitely uh, if things you know if something happens between now and training camp or you know the regular season or throughout the season we definitely want to talk to you about it so thanks for having us on absolutely we'll talk again soon folks that is a wrap over and out